0: Welcome to episode 92 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about how you may not get the results you're expecting if you choose to clone your pet. And I talk about an awesome dog breed from America, the Catahoula Leopard Dog. We learn about two new impressive American natives for our picks this week, and about our somewhat commonly spotted Animal of the Week. So let's dive into episode 92 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of awesome animals. But before we get into that, uh, what have you been up to since last I saw you, Casey?
1: I went to go see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies.
0: And what is that?
1: It's a horror comedy movie.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, me and my... Wait, sister... horror comedy, like, scary movie? No, well, I guess that's, like, a parody movie, yeah. so not exactly that. Yeah. What is horror comedy? Okay, we'll tell them. You've guess.
1: never heard of horror
0: com- well, Give me an example. Well,
1: uh, the scary movie franchise.
0: Okay, but that's a parody. Yeah. So it's... Oh, well, you... Wait. But
1: that's still technically horror comedy.
0: Okay, well, I don't count that. But okay. <laughs> so it's super cheesy like that?
1: In ways, but not completely because they're a bit more serious aspect. No uh, but then okay. there's other things that are ridiculous. I don't know how
0: I feel about this. You either have to yeah.
1: be or not. Um, but <laughs> yeah. one way or the other. <laughs> uh, basically, they find out one of their friends gets murdered in... Early on, and then uh, they're trying to find out who the killer is amongst them in the house. And then slowly, throughout the movie, more people die.
0: So it's like Scream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But probably yeah, that's a pretty good comparison. Probably actually, not as good.
1: <laughs> no, not as good. Uh, <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs> okay. Because it's so ridiculous.
0: Well, don't give it away in case I'm people not actually anything, care about seeing this. But.
1: Um, this was also one of the first times since my sister got her braces taken off of so um, we got to have so popcorn. popcorn. Yes, we got two large buckets of popcorn. <laughs>
0: She's like finally I can eat it.
1: Yeah. We were oh, the worst thing though was because we always sneak snacks into the movie. Of course so I you do. yeah. Um, I always get something sweet and salty so I get my combos, um, which <laughs> are like little pretzels with cheese in them. Okay. Um and then I get usually Reese's pieces but now the dark tree at where I live stops selling Reese's pieces so I have to get butterfingers.
0: Unfortunate. Yes. That's not a equal.
1: No, but candy. it was the best comparison this is The to option it. you had. Yeah. Um and then we got there and then we took them out of her bag when we sat down got our seats they were all melted inside. Oh, uh, that's fun. It was a fun. big goopy mess.
0: That's fun. Yeah. So, so Reese's pieces are your go-to movie mm-hmm. candy. They used to be mine. Yeah, they used to be mine, but I usually have a soda. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on popcorn, so if somebody else gets it. Yeah. I'll have some if they will let me. But I oh, that's another thing is like own.
1: I don't know if this is widespread through all the AMC's now, mm-hmm. um, but they gave us a paper straw.
0: Oh, gross. <laughs> I just really need to be better about bringing a reusable to everything. Yeah, but I just I can't stand the paper ones. They do that at Disney too, and I'm like just great so i'm just gonna have soggy paper is what i'm gonna have because i don't down my drink right away so if mm-hmm. you drink it quickly it's fine yeah but if you don't drink it really quickly it's awful anyway yeah. so that's annoying. yeah
1: but that also reminded me of like i follow so- this one guy on tiktok who used to work in a movie theater yeah. and so he tells stories that he labels like worst movie theater customers and one of them was um because you know um this was the- he worked at a theater um before they had like those self-serve. those um,
0: I hate those. You
1: hate the self I hate cerebrals? them. Why? Because
0: it always, because all of the soda comes out of the same thing, mm-hmm. so I have to run it a few times before <laughs> I go for the soda that I want, because that taste is in there. Especially if someone had like Fanta or something mm-hmm. before I get like a Cherry Coke or something, and it never, it's never mixed well. Yeah. It's always gross. I hate them with a fiery passion.
1: I like them because it's one of the few ways I can get diet root beer, oh,
0: okay. which
1: is, a root beer is my favorite drink, and I can't have the regular kind, so it's diet root beer, which no one ever has. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, he was talk- So, what they did, they took a crayon It would mark the bottom of it. Um, and so, to tell that they've gotten their refill. What one customer did is they took a quarter and they scratched the crayon off <laughs> with the quarter, headed it in. Then they got their refill. But then, because they were scraping the bottom with the quarter, it, it spilled, spilled out it. all.
0: Over. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I, I would always sneak candy in, but I would buy a drink in the theater, so yeah. I'm like, I'm not totally ripping you off, but, like, I mean, mm-hmm. you're ripping me off, but, like, I'm like, no, really, I'm coming yeah. up here to get stuff. I'm oh, really, yeah, and people I'm were, like, all the things in.
1: People were trying to rip off the theaters with the $3 ticket day. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't try to. Yeah, there was this one theater, they just c- closed down because people were theater hopping, r- That's being crazy. too rowdy, and, yeah, it was madness.
0: Oh, people ruin everything. Yep. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that sounds like fun. Yes, it was. I miss, I miss being able to go to a movie and eat. No, actually, I mean, I can usually get away with soda. Mm-hmm. So, But I don't think I could do soda and candy for an entire movie without feeling miserable. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, my dad came out to visit, and I took him to the zoo because I haven't taken him there in forever. And I wanted to show him the new Explorer's Base Camp thing. Speaking of popcorn, just because I don't want to forget it. At the end of the day, since they closed earlier than I thought they were going to, ugh, it was supposed to be open until 9, but they were open, only open till 6, and it was when we had that crazy heat wave. So we got there really late because we didn't <laughs> want to be in uh, – well, in San Diego, it was, like, high 90s, which is crazy for San Diego, like, proper. Anyway, but um, so they wouldn't – like, for whatever reason, I was doing the drink refills. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought my little souvenir sippers for both of us. I love also every time I bring someone to the park, I'm like, do you want to be a koala or a leopard? No. Like, who do you want to be? Anyway. Both of
1: mine are tigers. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: I have, I think, two tigers. And then
1: somewhere in my cupboard, I have a really old wild animal park one.
0: Ugh. I want it. <laughs> I want it, Casey. I want it really bad. Um, no, I have, like, a tiger and a bunch of them anyway. I'm really sad about my cheetah one that died in the car. But anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I'll bring those two. And I'm just like, which one do you want? Anyway. But we go and we get the refills and it won't give me my discount. And I have my Disneyland price, you know animal park pass so I'm like I would like what it's count mm-hmm. but I was like whatever I mean it's still like $2 so I just told her I was like Wh- whatever it's like $2 whatever and then she was like well do you want popcorn and I was like not really she's like no I'm gonna give you the popcorn I was like oh Okay, great. So I'm like, he'll eat it. So anyway, so so we got free popcorn. But that's anyway, what,
1: that's what I liked about when I would go to the safari park by myself, because a lot of times, especially if I got my refills over at the condors, they would just give me a free drink. Sometimes
0: they would do that too. Yeah, those like, and just take it. I'm like, oh, great, perfect. Yeah. I also have a feeling like it was the end of the day, and they were literally like ten minutes from closing. So maybe mm-hmm. they throw away all the popcorn at the end of the night. I don't know if they do. So she's probably like, just here, yeah. your things. Are I
1: know fine. people that work at Starbucks, they have to do that, so they just give you whatever you want. Yeah. It's like you want extra this, I won't even charge you
0: right that's great but anyway so we went to the base we basically only did the explorer's base camp and then the reptile area mm-hmm. and that and then the down where the gharial is and everything but anyway um and the shelter Pusik did not want to be seen Ugh. but anyway i saw the axolotl and i saw his face but it was not the albino one it was the black wow. one but i saw his face this time and i was like thank you for showing me your face mm-hmm. and then the giant salamander the um the volunteer had to point out, and was not in his log. He was to the side of the log, <laughs> but obviously it was so warped from the like water and the curve of the glass. So I'm like, oh, this is not an accurate representation of what you look like. <sighs> and I saw the titty cocker frog. All these things I didn't realize were there. <laughs> um, and anyway, yeah. And the naked mole rats were, mole rats were adorable. The, the babies are getting big though already. Yeah, they're I already saw the like baby last half time. size, <laughs> but they're still adorables. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was good, and because it was so hot. There was like no one there, so it was great. Mm. Um, But yeah, so we did all that. And then, um, who else did we see? I feel like I'm losing my mind. Anyway, the axolotl was like the most important thing. Oh, and then it was funny because whose enclosure is that? But anyway, they have a bunch, and my dad was asking her what the kind of fish were. They're like, they're African cichlids. I can mm-hmm. tell you because we've sold them. <laughs> yeah. And then she didn't know. She's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, you can get these as pets. And I'm like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily recommend it because they're mean. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you can. I'm like, they're really pretty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, they're super aggressive. Like, they'll eat each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're not nice. <laughs> anyway, but they are gorgeous. So, new-hoo. So yeah, it was, a, it was a very short trip to the zoo, which is annoying because, you know, that's a drive. But, oh, well. But at least we got to do a little bit of it. And we got to see a lot of the things I don't usually see. And every time I've gone to Explorer's Base Camp, because it's inside, it's, like, so crowded. And it's, like, such a pain to, like, get in and see things. Especially if you're battling children. And uh, there was, like, no one there. And also, I didn't feel bad about not wearing a mask inside. Because usually I'm like, oh, I should have a mask on if I'm in here with this many people. Mm-hmm. But I was like, uh, the nearest people are, like, <laughs> ten feet away. Mm-hmm. And there's only, like, yeah. ten of us in this entire room. So, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, so... Mostly successful, though short, trip to the zoo. Go team. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's get into what we want to talk about today. And uh, Casey, what did you want to talk about?
1: I'm going to be talking about cloning pets.
0: Uh, Why? (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so this was actually a video and article done by Nova. um, And basically they do a rundown of, like, how cloning works and, like, some things that may go awry as a result for people that might be interested in trying to clone your pet um so one of the things that they start off with um is talking about the success rate and how it works so basically how it works is technically you can take any um dna from any cell in your body that if you're for the what you're trying to clone and use that dna um because all uh, cells in your body have the same dna just um they um, activate different regions of the genome differently, except for red blood cells, which don't have DNA at all. Um, and then they t- extract the DNA from an embryo uh, egg, and then they introduce the um, chromosomes from what you're trying to clone. Um, and that has improved over the years, but still it has about a twenty percent success rate. Ooh, wow! Yeah. So it. Takes... I mean,
0: dang, Dolly was back in like. The 1900s? I don't know if she was the 1900s. <laughs> it depresses me when people say that. I'm like, I hate you. I, um, <laughs> um, I think she was. I, I think she was the 90s, wasn't mm-hmm. she? I, 90s or early 2000s? Yeah, I so believe we, it was
1: late 90s. Yeah,
0: I want to say it was late 90s. Um, but I, so we haven't progressed that much, yeah. I guess. Since then, okay.
1: Yeah, but the thing that um, with Dolly, one of the reasons that she died so young is because uh, part of the problem is you will be taking the DNA from whoever you're cloning. And at the end of the DNA are the segments called telomeres. Mm-hmm. Those slowly degrade as you age and with every cell division. Some of it gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that is kind of needed in order for the attachment during cell divisions um, in or- when you're duplicating the DNA and then it separates into two separate cells. So over time, as those degrade, you won't be able to divide your cells. And hence, that's why um Dolly... Uh, has such a short lifespan because the DNA was extracted from much older sheep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. There's other, several other problems because these animals can often have. One of the major problems actually has to do with the placenta <laughs> forming it and it being compatible with the embryo is the biggest problem with um, cloning. But anyways, so that's some of the problems. But people are, there's actually several companies now I think the biggest one is one over in Texas, and we actually cover that in one of my biology courses when I was an undergrad. And um, people should be aware of that. Oftentimes, clones don't look like each other. Oh, (laughs) yeah, because um, there's the genetics can work very differently depending on like coat color and other things. For example, um, like the pointer breeds, those are say, like, Siamese cats, the reason they get those dark colorations at the end of, say, the nose and the feet is because that is interaction between the heat of the environment and their DNA. You also see that in several rabbit breeds. What? Yeah.
0: Weird. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, in certain, in certain rabbits, um, if you expose them to winter environments, they will not get this dark, patchy coloration without that um, environmental pressure. Even
0: when they're older or just when they're young and they're developing?
1: Uh, when they're younger.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah, if you don't introduce that stretcher, then they will just stay white.
0: What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me want to experiment with
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Genetics is very complicated and very fun. <laughs> and which is why it irks me whenever people try to talk about it and they have no clue what they're talking <laughs> about. And then with calicos and tortoise shells, because how that works is very different, um, because the reason why it's almost always females that are calicos and tortoise shells is because you require two X chromosomes, because the gene for the color of your cat's coat is on the X chromosome. And what happens is, um, as the cells are dividing during development, there is this thing called um, X chromosome inactivation, because your mammals have to compensate in females for having twice the amount of genes on their X chromosomes. So what they do is they will inactivate one of the chromosomes at one point in development. And this happens independently in each cell in the body. So depending on um, what stage of development that happens, it will result in very different kinds of color patterns in your
0: cats. Weird.
1: Yeah. So calicos will, if you clone a calico, it will not look alike. That's also how you get chimeras. Um, that is when you have those cats that are perfectly oh, symmetrical. Straight. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. That happens very early on in development.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Oh,
1: but yeah, this? that's how that happens. And then there's also the problems with behaviors. Cause people have found that some clones behave nothing like their previous cats. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> I love you were
0: saying cats. So it's yeah. cat people doing this, not dog people. There are dog
1: people doing <laughs> okay. this. Um, but there's another application I'm going to talk about in a minute. Okay. Um, but um, one of the animals they cover was a cat and the original, she was very shy, calm, reclusive, all that. The clone's nothing like that. She's very active, outgoing, attention-seeking. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing is because in general, um, whether what people always talk about, like the nature versus nurture debate, I always say it's more or less, not either or. And with behavior, it's 50-50 what contributes to your behavior. Um, but another common application of cloning is actually in agriculture, okay. Um, because you may have certain genes for say you're breeding Holstein cows and you have this one individual that has an incredibly high milk production, you mm-hmm. want to preserve that, so you would clone them in order to perpetuate those genes further on in generations, okay. And um, this is also happening in racehorses. Um, there was actually this one racehorse that did very well, um, but before he ever started racing, they castrated him. So he never got to breed any future foals, so instead they cloned him. And the funniest thing about that, that's from a separate documentary that I can't find, <laughs> um, that the original hates his clone.
0: <laughs> <gasps> oh, snap! It's <laughs>
1: just the funniest thing on earth.
0: It's funny, It's not, I horses are entertaining also apparently they were still racing during that heat wave Mm -hmm. what the fuck that should not be allowed Mm -hmm. I want to start actually getting real statistics on how many horses die as a result of horse racing Mm -hmm. so people really know the truth Mm -hmm. anyway okay well that's a little crazy Mm -hmm. yeah because I would definitely expect it to be you know a carbon copy
1: yeah that's what but yeah there's some farms they have almost completely just pure clones of herds and they don't look anything alike
0: that's weird yeah Kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. All right, well. um
1: Also, just keep in mind that this is prohibitively expensive. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so keep that in mind if for some reason you really want to have keep a I part just, of your pet.
0: That's a weird yeah. thing. But, I would um, not want to do that.
1: Yeah, but with the behavior aspect, um, they acknowledge that you may not get this behavior- Uh, Like in racehorses, um, that is the same as with the original, but you know they have the potential to be like this, and they work around that.
0: I just, to me, it's like it's not the same. (laughs) It's not the same animal, so why? Anyway, okay, well, um, one of the animals that people are cloning are dogs, apparently. There's our segue. So it's time for another dog breed, and I was trying to find North American dog breeds that are not well known, And Casey you've never heard of this one. So here we go. We are doing the Catahoula Leopard Dog, which are very cute, I think. Anyway, so, oh, I guess I should say. So first of all, obviously from the AKC, we will be posting this to the website. They are independent, loyal, and watchful, and they are part of the foundation stock service. I feel like that's just an extension of herding. That's what it seems to be. So why not just... Whatever. Okay, anyway, so their history. In 1539, when Spanish explorer Hernando de Soto landed in Florida and began his expedition through the southeastern United States, his scribes noted there was only one species of domestic animal in North America, the Native American's dog, who looked like a wolf but barked like a dog these native dogs were crossed with the bloodhounds, mastiffs, and greyhounds brought by the Spanish explorers. And in northern Louisiana, the Native Americans called these new dogs wolf dogs. Don't know why they don't look like wolves, but whatever. Um, Irish
1: wolfhound kind of, oh wait,
0: no. No, nah, like a Catahoula. Anyway, mm-hmm. or like a bloodhound. None of these animals look like wolves. None of the ones that they've bred with. Anyway, yeah. so once the French arrived with their hounds, they were crossbred again, resulting in today's Catahoula leopard dog. How the Catahoula obtained its working instincts is another story. The early settlers of central Louisiana, specifically the Catahoula Lake area, used these crossbred dogs to pen and catch the wild hogs and cows that were rampant in the area, and this practice turned into a planned method of managing the wild herds. The Catahoula developed a unique way of working the stock that sets them apart from other herding and working breeds. They create a canine fence, you can't see the quotes, but I'm quoting, around the herd. And with this, quote, fence, quote, Mark fence, the wild herd is erected by the dog's master. This natural working instinct is of the utmost importance to the Catahoula leopard dog breeder. Breeders, I should say. Regardless of appearance, he must have these working instincts to be a pure Catahoula. Thank you, AKC, you're ridiculous as usual. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so... They also say about them, of course, they're a multi-purpose working dog that is well-muscled and powerful, but with a sense of agility and endurance. They are serious while working and playful at home. The Catahoula Leopard Dog is a medium-large, short-coated dog (laughs) known for its many varied coat and eye color patterns. The word is of Choctaw? Choctaw. Choctaw. Something like that origin. I'm assuming that's a tribe, sorry. <laughs> um, and is translated to mean Sacred Lake. The Catahoulas are the only breed of dog to have historically originated in the state of Louisiana. The breed requires firm guidance and early socialization, socialization as they can be dependent, territorial, and protective. For the same reasons, they do not allow mistreatment and will assert themselves in self-defense. Once they know their place in the family unit, they are affectionate, loyal, and gentle. Also called the Catahoula Hog Dog... Let's not. They are used as stock dogs, bay dogs, tree dogs, watch dogs, guard dogs, What's and of a tree course. Tree dog! I assume they're treeing animals. Would be my guess. Okay. They just jump from tree to tree, okay? See, that's what they do. They're like a little George of the jungle. Anyway, and of course, as loyal companions. So, when it comes to their uh, maintenance and all of that stuff, so their health issues, um, they are. Uh, prone to hip dysplasia, deafness, and eye problems that occasionally occur in the Catahoula Leopard Dog. Some dogs may be faced with these health challenges in their lives, but the majority of this breed are healthy dogs. Working with a responsible breeder, those wishing to own a Catahoula Leopard Dog can gain the education they need to know about specific health concerns within the breed. And obviously breeders, yeah yada, yeah, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> theoretically, if you're going with a reputable breeder, they, should, breeder, they shouldn't have these issues, but anyway. So, grooming beyond regular weekly grooming. The occasional bath will keep your Catahoula clean and looking his best. Uh, grooming can be a wonderful bonding experience for you and your dog. Not for most dogs. Um, the yeah, breed... my last dog hated grooming. Yeah, no, they hated it. My
1: Sheltie Shepherd mix hated it. Yeah. Especially his paws. He always They always yes.
0: hate that. Um, the breed's strong, fast-growing nails should be trimmed regularly with a nail clipper or grinder to avoid overgrowth. Splitting and cracking, and the ears should be checked regularly to avoid a buildup of wax and debris, which can result in infection. Teeth should be brushed regularly. So basically, everything you do with a normal short-haired short-haired dog. Anyway, exercise-wise, the Catahoula Leopard Dog needs space to expand his copious expend. Excuse me. to expend his copious amounts of energy and always needs a job to do he is not suited for the city or as an apartment dog without the proper amount of exercise and attention he will start to cause trouble digging holes and chewing things options for exercise could include playtime in the backyard preferably fenced or taken for walks several times a day outdoor activities like swimming hiking and retrieving balls or flying discs can also provide a good outlet for expending energy Note, he is an excellent swimmer. Training for dog sports like agility, obedience, and rally can also be a great way to give your dog exercise. I kind of want to get one of these more active dogs and do like agility. Really, want to do the diving one.
1: I want to do agility.
0: Agility That's seems me. cool, and the diving one just seems really dog fun. Dog diving, yeah. Now when I'm like, let's do it. Mm. Anyway, as always, train all dogs. Mm. They don't seem to see that they're, that they're difficult to train. They just say, you know, definitely get it done because they will destroy your stuff. And uh, get a good dog food. And, you know, Casey talked about that recently. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that is the Catahoula Leopard yeah. Dog. And unlike, what was our other dog that they didn't say? Was it the Klee mm-hmm. No. Was it that or was it the Kelpie? It I think was... like it was the Kelpie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they did not give us a popularity on these guys. So
1: yeah.
0: that's very unfortunate. Yeah.
1: And because you mentioned earlier that they've mixed some that were wolf dogs. And it's like he's talking about they don't look like wolves. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to look up wolf-like dog breeds. Yeah. The one that I say looks most like a wolf is the Czechoslovakian Wolf Dog. Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
0: definitely. I mean, of the standard breeds, I would say a husky Yeah. and <laughs> the Tamaskan. What is that? Those are cool.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Probably. <laughs> probably an old breed that's stubborn as hell and
0: probably not recognized by the AKC. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um. Yeah, so I don't know where they're coming up with bloodhounds and like all of these. Like, those don't look like wolves. Mm. And an Irish wolfhound is not a wolfhound because they look like wolves. Like, <laughs> they're killing things. <laughs> anyway, mm. um, but yeah, but Catahoula's are really cool looking. I swear it's in some movie, <laughs> and I thought it was with a Sweet Reese Home. I thought it was Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> but that is definitely a bloodhound. But I swear there is a mm. Catahoula leopard dog in some movie. Maybe while Casey talks about the next thing, I'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> it bothers me yeah. so much. But anyway, they're very cool looking dogs. Um, and they just, they I feel like none of them really look the same. So you can mm-hmm. get a great variety of, of dog in there. So anyway, mm-hmm. they're cute. I like them. All right. So that is going to bring us to our category, our category, our picks this week. And um, our category, I made it kind of like one we've previously had. And I wanted animal who is at the top of a list from Central or North America? <laughs> so they can be like, you know, the strongest, the like biggest, the fastest, whatever. Um, and Casey, what animal did you choose, and what top of the list is it? I went
1: with the Mojave rattlesnake.
0: And what is what is its?
1: The most venomous species of rattlesnake.
0: There we go. Okay. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so there's. Is si- that the
0: most venomous species though in all of? north and <laughs> central america okay you're a little more specific than you need to be okay great yep. perfect so tell us about them
1: so their scientific name is crotalis scotulatus. Um this species of snake can be found from parts of southern mexico up to north to parts of southwestern u.s including states like texas arizona nevada and california they live in more arid habitats like shrubland grasslands and more desert habitat they have an average lifespan of around 13 years, and they measure from 60 to 122 centimeters in length. They are predators just like all other snake species, and the bulk of their diet consists of small mammals, predominantly rodents such as ground squirrels, mice, and rats, but occasionally reptiles like lizards and snakes. This mate, snake's claim to fame is that it is most venomous snake in North America, and the world's most venomous rattlesnake species. Oh, app To be specifically I because data on toxicity is complicated I went with intravenous <laughs> on toxicity levels because okay. that's the data that is most consistent around different snake species. Okay. So um, the Mojave rattlesnake is unique in that it has two types of toxins in its venom. Oh. It was thought that for a long time it only had a neurotoxin, which uses enzymes that attacks the neurons and paralyzes the nervous system. But there were cases in which people invenated had tissue damage, which is not characteristic of neurotoxins. Okay. This destruction of tissues has been attributed to hemotoxic venoms, which usually use, has enzymes that destroy tissues in the body.
0: Isn't that what normal rattlesnakes have?
1: No, most rattlesnakes have neurotoxins. Oh,
0: okay. Who has... Is that the recluse's hemotoxin then? Who's destroying tissue? Somebody's destroying tissue.
1: There are some vipers that have hemotoxins. Okay. Anyway. Um, The the taipans have hemotoxin. I know that.
0: Okay.
1: Anyway. I think the gaboon viper is one of those ones that does have a hemotoxin. But a lot of the snakes I am more familiar with use neurotoxins. Okay. But, um, it was once thought that this hemotoxic venom was rare and only occurred in snakes in Arizona, but recent studies have shown that it occurs in multiple locations, with some individuals in the study having both types of venom. This is actually quite surprising because through our understanding of natural selection, we would expect one would better suit the snake in subduing its prey, and that would slowly diminish, the other would slowly diminish in the population. What has been observed, though, is that there are local optima. For example, in Texas, the neurotoxic venom is the optimum predominant venom for the species, while if you go further south into Mexico or Phoenix, Arizona, there is a change in the optimum and require a different venom type, but it is unknown what is changing in the environment to cause this shift.
0: That's weird. Are they mostly going after the same type of prey?
1: Yeah, predominantly small mammals. Weird. Rodents, usually. So it's... Area of further research. Um, Just to show how potent this snake venom is, we look to the LD50 value, which tells us how much venom is required to kill half the population conducted in a study, which in this case is mice. Um, For the Mojave rattlesnake, their LD50 is 0.3 milligrams per kilogram when injected intravenously and has a venom yield of 150 milligrams.
0: So scary. Yes. Okay, great. (laughs)
1: This species is a subject of clinical importance, especially with the revelations of its variability of venom types it uses in different regions. By performing more studies on which venom types predominate in different regions, scientists can administer treatment more strategically. The studies mentioned earlier are helping with better anti-venom development and more tailored treatment for snakebite victims and may ultimately improve the survival rate of bite snakebite victims.
0: Don't most people survive rattlesnake bites?
1: If treated early.
0: That's true, if you actually yeah. go for medical help. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, like other rattlesnakes, the Mojave is a, an ovoviviparous species, meaning she retains the eggs and gives birth to live young. A more interesting aspect of the Mojave in regards to reproduction is how the males partake in combat dances. During the breeding season, male partake in a wrestling match in which their bodies get intertwined and they will push each other back and forth until the stronger male slams the other onto the ground in order to fight for territory inmates. It's
0: like all rattlesnakes do it. <laughs> yeah, They're not special. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but among snakes in general. Oh, it's...
0: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: The Mojave rattlesnake is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List and their populations are currently stable.
0: Okay, there we go so from something that could maybe actually this could also kill you (laughs) like something that could maybe kill you I would be more concerned with your animal actually has killed people so there we go (laughs) anyway so I chose the largest species of deer because I wanted it to be the moose because they're awesome and it was probably the most important animal I wanted to see while I was in Alaska so what it's another cool one okay so the moose's scientific name is Alcus Alcus? is that how we say Mm -hmm. it okay go me the moose has a pretty wide range, um, or g- wide geographic range, and is found throughout the northern latitudes of North America and Eurasia. They prefer to live in forested habitat with access to streams and ponds. How cute. They're also predominantly fond in, found excuse me, in cooler climates. In the wild, moose don't usually live past 15 years, but there was a female that lived to be 22 years. The moose's claim to fame, however, is the fact that they are the largest species of deer on Earth. They stand 1.8 meters tall at the shoulder, nearly 3 meters long, and can weigh over 450 kilograms. They are a sexually dimorphic species with males being easily identified by their large set of antlers that can measure 1.8 meters across. What? that's as big as they are tall. Yep. That's crazy. Anyway, moose, just like all other deer species, are herbivores and tend to be browser-eating branches um, and leaves of shrubs and trees rather than grass, as they can have a difficult time bending down toward the ground. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. Um, Is that because their antlers are so heavy? Well, I guess the squirrels don't care. Anyway. Um, The name moose actually comes from an Algonquin word. Something like that. that algonquin. Ch- Great algonquin. <laughs> word that translates to eater of twigs. <laughs> but over in Europe, they typically are referred to as Eurasian elk, Eurasian elk. The antlers on the moose can be used as defense against predators, but of course their primary purpose is in regards to the mating season. Males will use their antlers to impress the females and intimidate other males to help grant them breeding rights to the females in their territory. However, sometimes The visual display is not enough to turn away rivals and the males will use their antlers to fight one another until one eventually backs down. But this can also make this antlers uh, one of the most dangerous headgear because moose have been known to get their antler entangled together and can't separate. Sometimes they become stuck like this and eventually succumb to the elements and starvation or are attacked by opportunistic predators. That seems pretty dangerous, man. There can be some variation in the moose's mating system, primarily between tundra moose and the... How do you say that? Taiga? Taiga? It's taiga. Taiga. Okay, I was right the first time. Taiga moose. Um, Tundra moose will form harems with the largest male defending his herd against rivals. Taiga moose, on the other hand form transient pair bonds, in which a bull will stay with a single female and defend her against other males until he can mate with her and then searches for other females that haven't bred yet. After the breeding season, the female is often her own to raise the calf, which will stay with the mother until they are about a year old. Even though the females don't have the antlers that males do to use for defense, they still have their immense size and powerful hooves to, def- to fend off predators. Due to their size alone, moose have very few predators and are only at risk from wolves, cougars, black bears, and brown bears, which normally only go after young calves. Moose are actually unique amongst deer in that they are the least social of all deer species, spending their lives alone except during the mating season or when a mother is with her calf. Despite this solitary lifestyle, they are not a territorial species except for males during the mating season. Males and females also sexually segregate. And this is suspected to be due to differences in nutritional needs, due to difference in body size, as well as males needing more nutrients to properly develop antlers. Moose actually have an important role in the ecosystem. It is estimated that they produce around 300,000 metric tons of feces, lovely, each year, which is an important supply of nitrogen for the plants and the ecosystem. Lovely, gotta love that. Um, Moose are currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List, and their population is on the rise. The threats they often face are habitat alteration due to forestry and agricultural practices. They are also one of the species that is most affected by climate change because they are so adapted to cold, um, so as temperatures rise, they have to move further north or may succumb to the heat. Oh no! Thankfully for the moose, they are found in many protected areas and are listed as a protected species in multiple countries. Um, they're so cool. And in Alaska I was like, I have to see a moose. And we saw one as we were driving by. So I got to see a male finally. But then it's so scary because like the babies mm-hmm. I think it happened twice. So when you're driving like from where they live into like Anchorage, right? Yeah. The big city. They have like fences along the road, right? But there's a little baby moose who's stuck on the inside of the fence, and they have places where they can get out. But still I'm like, Oh, he's panicking. And I'm like, I don't want him to get hit by a car. And then anyway, I was also just concerned, like, if I went on a walk, I'm like, what if I just stumble upon a moose? Like, it will kill me.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it'll be like, you're too close to me. Get away. I'm like, I don't want to mess with you. Yeah. Also, this would be my North American battle beast. <laughs> could you imagine just going into battle and they could just, like, scoop up people and then you could just stab them? Much like my my uh, giant eland, same thing. They <laughs> impale and then I finish them. Except for this one, they can just scoop. They can just scoop and toss them anyway but yeah it is crazy all these animals who have these antlers that then can get stuck together i'm like come on guys come on don't be dumb
1: sex is a powerful driver of evolution i guess
0: it really is <laughs> i don't know man anyway yeah. so that is the moose <laughs> and they're very cool yeah. i love them
1: and just as a correction i looked it up most vipe uh Rattlesnakes do have hemotoxic venom.
0: That's what I thought because yeah. it messes up all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all yeah. that. Um, and
1: the brown recluse also has hemotoxic. I figured venom. it had
0: to be that because that one is the one yeah. that like people get really gross mm-hmm. thingies from. Anyway, so there we go. So those are our animals that are at the top of the list, specifically the most venomous snake in North America and the largest species of deer, not only in America. But in the world. Also, could you imagine if there's a deer bigger than them? Terrifying. I remember the Mythbusters where they did the test of, like, if you hit a moose, oh. should you speed up? <laughs> you just die. No matter what you do, you're going to die if you hit a moose. That's basically what it comes down to. It doesn't matter if you speed up or not.
1: Yeah, there was um, a prehistoric elk species. It's not, it's not actually an elk. Yeah. I can't remember what class of animal um, it is. Uh, but it was called the Irish elk. And the males had antlers twice the length. Um. That's crazy. Oh, moose. I wonder about if about 12 feet across.
0: I wonder if that's what's in. I think it was the British Museum. Mm. And they had some antlers of something. And I feel like it probably was that. They were like ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Let's just be rich so we can just go around to museums all around the world. It'd be great. And just go on eco tours. Anyway. Mm. Alright, yeah, that'd be great. I mean, how do you it's kind of like the um Encoli cattle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you even do with that? Like, that seems so uncomfortable.
1: Well, those are like basically Ferraris. <laughs> So <laughs> they don't need a function.
0: No, but I mean, for them.
1: <laughs> I know. That
0: seems so uncomfortable for them. Yeah. Like, like mm. oh, I can't even like lay my head down. Anyway, mm. I digress. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, But uh, Casey.
1: Yes, Ali.
0: Why didn't the second largest land animal in North America not publicly claim their lotto winnings? Why? They wanted to stay anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love oh. it. Anyway, I love moose. I would also be anonymous.
1: So would I? <laughs> and I'm,
0: what, I don't want everyone coming out of the woodwork. Give me money. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Oh anyway. All right. Well, <laughs> that brings us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is...
1: The Harris Hawk.
0: The Harris Hawk. And this was our listener's choice. Go team. Uh, Casey, tell us about the Harris Hawk.
1: Sure thing. So these guys come from the order Accipitriformes.
0: What? Accipitriformes? Yep. I like that one.
1: And their scientific, the family name is Ascipitridae. and their scientific name is Parabuteo unicinctus.
0: Parabuteo unicinctus? Yes. Okay. Are you proud, were you shocked that I did that? Yes. I was also shocked. (laughs) I'm proud of myself. Go me. Okay, continue.
1: So this species um, has a wide range. But um, it's largely disconnected uh, across the Americas. They have been found in central and western parts of South America as well as parts of Central America, ranging from Guatemala into the southern and western United States, including states like Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. With such a wide range, they can also be found in a large range of habitats, including deserts, ironwood, woodlands, and grasslands. They can live up to around 15 years of age with some possibly getting up to 20. They are a relatively large species of hawk. They're about 46 to 76 centimeters long and have a wingspan of 100 to 120 centimeters and weigh from 700 to 1,050 grams. That's
0: pretty good, dude. That's like my (laughs) wingspan almost.
1: (laughs) Um, They are sexually dimorphic, and like most raptors, the females are around 35% larger than the males. Okay. They are a bird of prey, and as such, feed on mostly small mammals. Their diet consists of animals such as rats and mice, and occasionally hunt birds and lizards, but are even able to catch prey the size of cottontails and jackrabbits. Oh my. Now, if you live in Arizona,
0: <laughs> yes.
1: some species that may look similar but might not be are the common black hawk, yes. dark morphs of the ferruginous hawk, and northern harriers.
0: Oh, okay. I haven't heard of that. I actually haven't heard of any of those, (laughs) honestly.
1: (laughs) Uh, So the Harris hawk uh, can usually be distinguished from other species due to its predominantly dark brown color with reddish shoulder patches. The underside of the wings are also a coppery color, and its tail feathers are long with white near the bird's vent and at the end of its feathers. What's vent? Its
0: opening. where it poops
1: yes it's cloaca okay you okay. often you'll also say
0: never heard vent before oh yeah okay yeah
1: it's often used with reptiles and birds. so if
0: you were like i'm venting you're like pooping <laughs> I
1: mean, maybe
0: okay anyway <laughs> continue on sorry
1: um in case you were wondering the harris's hawk was named after edward harris who was actually a friend of john j audubon One aspect of these birds that sets them apart from other raptors is they are highly social and will even hunt cooperatively. Oh, snap. This behavior has resulted in the nickname Wolves of the Sky.
0: Slightly terrifying. Okay.
1: The groups will usually consist of a monogamous breeding male and female and their offspring from the previous year. Like in many other species of birds, males put on displays to impress females and they will dive vertically from hundreds of feet in the air and then land on or near the female. Uh,
0: That's crazy.
1: Some have argued that the species may actually be polyandrous due to reports of groups consisting of a female and two breeding males. Oh. In these social groups, both parents will share responsibility for raising the offspring. It is suspected that the Harris's hawk evolved this cooperative behavior because of limited food supply in the desert environment. And cooperative hunting significantly improves the hawk's success rate. Another benefit of cooperative hunting is that this allows these birds to hunt larger prey than they would um, for a solitary bird of the same size.
0: So, is that why they think they can go after like cottontails and mm-hmm. stuff? Okay. Yep.
1: Most raptors hunt prey much smaller than they are, usually around 10% of their body weight. This would limit raptors of their size to animals like mice and rats. But since they work together, they can hunt, considerably. Larger prey like rabbits Crazy And if it's a jackrabbit, that's also ugly prey <laughs> If you look at a jackrabbit They're ugly
0: That's not nice, Casey I don't care It's not <laughs> pertinent to know that they're ugly I think you're cute, jackrabbits <laughs> Have you seen a jackrabbit? I think they're still cute I'm gonna go look <laughs> again, but I think they're still cute Okay. I mean, also, Chinese crests are cute You know, like, <laughs> everything is cute Well, almost okay. everything is cute Some things legitimately are yeah. not Um, They're not that ugly. They are ugly. They are not. They're cute. Look at those giant ears. They're cute. (laughs) Look at their face. That's not. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Look at your face. (laughs) It's not nice. Anyway, continue.
1: These birds have evolved various hunting techniques to aid them in catching prey. Often a few birds will fly ahead in front of the others and scout for prey. Then the next group will do the same and then so on until they subdue whatever prey they're hunting of like relay style. Another technique they will use is they will spread out around their target and one individual will come in to flush the prey out of its hiding spot then the others will move in to kill their target.
0: So they really actually work together to kill it too? Yes. Oh man they're really yep. okay.
1: Another unique behavior of the Harris's hawk is called backstanding. This is when one hawk will stand on top of a cactus and another member of the group will stand on its back and another on its back. <laughs> what? Yep.
0: Oh, do they have pictures of this? Mm-hmm. I need to see this. Okay, continue on. Uh,
1: this allows the hawks to get a better view of the surroundings in order to keep an eye out for prey and predators, and it's thought that this behavior evolved because there is limited amounts of tall vegetation to perch on in their habitat. It is also suspected that this may he- have evolved to help provide each other with shade by overing their wings in this- while in this position, and then take turns in order to avoid the heat
0: interesting okay mm-hmm. they're like little acrobats too yeah.
1: the Harris's Hawk is currently listed as least concerned by the IUC and red List, but their population is currently in decline or on threat this species faces is electrocution by transformers as they will often congregate around these structures in California they have seen dramatic declines due to habitat loss from development projects they were nearly extirpated from the state back in the '50s, but in 1979, the Santa Cruz Predatory Bird Research Group started reintroduction programs. This species is also protected from harassment and shooting by the Migratory Treaty Act.
0: Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. So, so, are these ones that we think then could take off a of, take off of a the cat?
1: They or could. Do you pretty
0: much have to be an eagle to be able to be able to hoist that. You.
1: I have to be a bee, an eagle, okay. a pretty large one.
0: All right. Because mm. it definitely has happened. <laughs> I lived out in the boonies, and mm. it wasn't just coyotes you had to worry about, especially if you obviously had a rabbit or something. Mm. Don't have your rabbit outside. That's just dumb. But even when we took our box turtles outside, we had to, like, stand over them because they'd start <laughs> circling. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not. You will. Mm. Nope, not happening. Anyway. All right. Well, there you go. That is the Harris hawk and uh, learning all kinds of things about them. How exciting. All right, well, Casey, that's going to bring us to our challenge, yes, and I'm terrified as usual, because if it's just me, it's going to be awful.
1: No, we have to work together. Okay,
0: great. I mean, last time we did real bad, so I'm yeah. hoping we do better than that. This
1: is a naming game.
0: Okay, so, so I'm probably going to give us not a good... <laughs>
1: five minutes. Okay. Uh, and the, this one is different in that it was threatened, National Threatened Species Day a few days ago. Okay. So we have to name animals that are listed as vulnerable or higher.
0: I'm never going to know. I'm just going to yell at a bunch of animals, let's be real. Do you have a paper to look at this? Okay. I have a pen if you need it. Oh, that's a Sharpie. I meant the pen. So loud. Okay, we got it. What is this? Oh my gosh, this is so old. That's amazing. Okay, great.
1: My ancient paper. That
0: was like our second episode or something. Anyway. Wow, we've done a few things on this. Okay. Sorry for the noise. Aside from just the paper, I'm moving microphones because I'm a crazy. This isn't going to go well for me. Are you going to know if I'm right or wrong? Yeah. I'm fine. never going to know if you're right or wrong. <laughs> <sighs> We're going to have to go fact check this at the end, y'all. Oh, Not oh on this episode, goodness. but later. Okay. So, any anywhere in the world? Yes. Okay. Vulnerable or higher? Yes. So, vulnerable or th- threatened. Mm-hmm. That's basically all we have, right? And then critically endangered, right? Well,
1: there's vulnerable, endangered critically endangered extinct in the wild
0: okay so threatened is below vulnerable
1: no threatened is a general category gotcha
0: gotcha gotcha that's what makes up threatened yeah. okay we've been over this before and i forgot okay
1: mm-hmm. <sighs> you're killing
0: me okay <laughs> this isn't gonna go i mean i'm just gonna yell at animal names so okay it's just you're gonna have to correct me constantly yeah and we're
1: not doing subspecies so you can't say like sumatran tiger Bengal tiger, tiger and all just that say concept. tiger okay. Mm-hmm. okay all right ready you want oh, me to start or hang
0: on. Sorry. I wasn't oh, expecting yeah. us dice. to do I wasn't expecting us to do a one of these. Hang on. It's me. That's those are the rolls I want to be doing. That was a two. <laughs> this is where those need to happen. I have D D oh mm-hmm. no yeah, we do roll real dice tonight. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Alright, so um blah 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 blah. Okay. Ready? So I'm going first. I am going 1st I, yeah.
1: Okay. Ready, set, go.
0: Monarch Butterfly
1: oh yeah i'll accept it
0: i oh, did i say migrating monarch blood? yeah okay
1: um american bearing beetle
0: okay i mean like so many of our animals should be endangered or not, I don't know what I'm
1: um
0: didn't we discuss this and they weren't polar bear were they not were they only
1: they're vulnerable okay yeah. okay okay let's see giant panda
0: okay um why am i not thinking of any animals <laughs> Like at all that exists anywhere in the world. What is happening right now? Um, why am I losing <laughs> I can't think of any uh, tiger? Red panda. Okay, great. Um lions? They're endangered, right? They're or vulnerable. like World, Okay, great.
1: I'll double check that. To make
0: okay, sure. okay, okay. I think they are. Did you say something after I sublime? No, okay.
1: Huh?
0: You didn't say anything after I sublime, right? No. Okay, great. Let me think.
1: Oh, California Condor.
0: Okay. I don't know why this is so difficult for me, but it truly, truly is. Oh, how about, um, I never have their name. Yangtze soft shell, to Chinese Yangzi soft shell turtle. I'm making up it's names. good. I'm giving them you extra. You got close enough. Okay.
1: The vaquita.
0: Okay, okay. Oh, that's a good one. Wasn't the Amazon river dolphin in danger, or threatened? I switch it to dugong.
1: I believe. Oh, sorry. I believe PBR. so, yeah.
0: Okay, then we'll switch with it. Stay with it. Sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, the Alone Tiger Beetle.
0: You're just going through our stuff. Okay, yep. great. You would think I would remember <laughs> more of our animals. Most of them are, I feel like. Um, I feel like the Lake Titicaca Frog has to be. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll find somebody else. Um, as I literally just go through our animals at this point. Um, oh, Somali Wild Ass. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Javan rhino,
0: okay, Przewalski horse, right? Yeah, they gotta be. Yeah.
1: Uh, Sumatran rhino,
0: we know, no subspecies.
1: That's not a subspecies.
0: That's not no. I don't. Sumatran rhino
1: is its own species.
0: I don't agree with this. I don't think this. They is don't a, even look alike. I don't care. You're still saying a different type of like rhino. I don't agree with this. Um. Uh. I don't know if they are. I don't know about any of these. Uh, green sea turtle, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, Asian elephant.
0: African bush elephant. What is their actual yeah, name? Yeah, okay. that is. Okay.
1: <laughs> and I'm not going to cheat. Uh, copy.
0: Okay. Oh, now you're taking my animals. Oh snap! <laughs> All right, we're going after each other's. Um. Okay. Um. Who are I'm trying to think of who are a bunch of our things were. <laughs> um. I don't think they're endangered um oh my god why is my brain just like again it's like too many possibilities um i don't know what to say um uh, uh d- south island takahi no i'll go to lord Howe and in- six insects yes they are okay okay we'll go same region different <laughs> an animal
1: scimitar horned orcs
0: okay um I'm also starting to run out of what I've said already. <laughs> I'm like, who have I said? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. I feel like they are. I don't know. Pygmy hippo?
1: I believe so. I think they are. Yeah. I'll have to double check that okay.
0: one, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me think. Oh, leatherback sea turtle.
0: I'm just going to do all the turtles at this point. <laughs> I feel like a hawksbill turtle is also going to they be. They are. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs>
1: hmm. Oh, desert tortoise.
0: Okay. My little guy, I do not believe, was vulnerable. Um. <laughs> as I just lose what a lot of our animals are, mm-hmm. seriously. Um... I don't think they are i gotta pick a category and stick with it because i am all over the place <laughs> um i f- i feel like they would be but i don't know oh my god my brain is just jumping everywhere some gorilla is <sighs> what are the gorilla species
1: <laughs> there's two species uh,
0: it's not like forest gorilla is no. it no it's something mountain gorilla no M- s- closer some sort of mountain gorilla and i don't remember what its actual name is so okay great um oh my gosh i
1: lost my train of thought no oh too bad
0: okay (laughs) 27 assuming that we were correct yeah
1: i'm going to check those three real
0: quick and all of those um yeah we'll see about that uh, okay, we got 27. Um, yeah, I don't, my brain just like completely fritzed. I was like, I couldn't even pick a category and stick with it <laughs> of animal. I was like, birds, reptiles, where are you going? Yeah. You're all over the place. Just choose one and stick to it.
1: Lions are vulnerable. So I thought. Lake caca frog. Yeah, they are endangered. Okay, cool. What was the third one?
0: Oh no. We fail. Uh, it was more recent than the Lake City Cockafrog.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was it? A, it wasn't a gorilla. South Takahi? But I didn't oh, keep it. No. I switched. Um, You remember it? No, you don't remember. No.
1: Nope. Just clicking buttons.
0: <laughs> okay, great. We'll probably just have to listen back to the episode. Oh my gosh.
1: It was literally a few seconds ago. I know, it was
0: not that long ago. Gosh. I, I honestly, I'm telling you, I couldn't even focus on a type of animal. Yeah, I was... And
1: also, I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say Sifaka.
0: Oh. Okay, that's fun. Um, nope, I really don't remember what it was. What the hell? Uh, no, we didn't really go with the gorilla because, like, well, you let me have the gorilla, but it wasn't yeah. that. Because mountain gorilla is
1: the subspecies. Uh, it's western and eastern.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, nope, I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So we'll figure it out at some point. We're we'll probably mm-hmm. just gonna have to listen back to the episode and then i oh, will have yeah, to follow up later. Anyway sad times Mm -hmm. but most likely so far we've been on track so i think it probably is going to be whatever that animal was that we named probably is
1: i don't even remember like it was it
0: right i don't even know whatever it's we're just we're gonna move on because we we literally don't know we will have to listen back and see and we'll have to update you in the next episode if all of our animals were indeed correct so that's an exciting thing to catch up on what a reason to come back (laughs) Anyway, um, thank you as always for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.